You're listening to the NFL on TuneIn. It's No Huddle with Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. Let's continue to get you ready for the Super Bowl with a good friend of the program, Sean Salisbury, the former NFL quarterback. Check out the fine Sean Salisbury Show weekdays on SB Nation Radio. Sean, thanks so much for coming back on the show. Let's start in Philadelphia. How surprised were you by how well Nick Foles played yesterday against the best defense in football with the Vikings? Well, I didn't think he'd play that way, but I, on my show this week on our television show, I had said that if he goes 23-30 or 30 again like he did last week, even without throwing a touchdown, they're going to win. And he did. <laughs> he played far better than that. He looked like a guy who's been a starter for his entire career. I I had picked Philadelphia to win the game last week against Atlanta this week, but I thought it'd be one of those buzzer-beater field goals. Um, I'll tell you what, and Cordell knows this as well, The there's a comfort level with this guy on this RPO action. He loves it because it takes a lot of full-field read away from him. It's RPO, throw the slant. RPO, throw the curl. RPO throw a hitch. He's very when the ball's coming out quickly. When he's not overthinking, he's on fire. And then they started. Then he made some great throws. He was patient in the pocket. He made some great throws on straight drop back five and a hitch and, and get the ball out. I, I, I he looked so comfortable. It was as if this was this was not new to him. Now, can he continue with a third time? We're about to find out in two weeks. But he did not only what a backup's supposed to do, but he did what a starter's supposed to do. He didn't worry about. Uh, Carson Wentz. He wasn't trying to prove to the world that he belongs as a starter. He did what he was supposed to do. They put him in an unbelievable position, and he did not hesitate yesterday. There was no, you know, he didn't watch the pass rush. I mean, it looked like a guy in control. And I, from from DeFilippo to Frank Reich to Doug Peterson, the quarterback coach, coordinator, and head coach, put him in an incredible position. And the believability to allow him to cut it loose and throw that many times I loved it. And then they dominated the line of scrimmage. I mean, they gave him time to throw. It was domination all the way around. But I was so impressed with his poise. But he gets, for the last two weeks, when they've run that run RPO where he gets to read and get it out, and he doesn't take a lot of time, and he's making quick decisions, Nick Foles is, is playing about as good as you can play at that position, considering the fact that he's what now? Got five starts under his belt this year. Yeah, and and, and that's, I think, why he's – you know, while looking at him at the end of part of this season, you automatically assume everything was getting ready to fall apart. But going back to what he did, and I think it was 13, 2013, where he was like 27 and two touchdowns and interceptions yep. with Philly, uh, you, we getting a chance to see it again with him now. But some people, in in, in 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 some cases, have a tendency to want to blame it on a system per se. But the player still has to ex- execute. I think yep. this is probably the best execution that we've seen let's just say overall throughout an entire game for a quarterback. Not where you do it just for the first half and you fall off in the second or vice versa, but Nick Foles actually played some of the most sound football of any quarterback in the playoffs. What does this do for his future as a quarterback? Oh, my God. Well, I think what it does, and you know this, Cordell, when you play games like that, especially game three in the regular season, people say, okay, well, it's regular season. When the temperature of the game goes up, how's a guy who's supposed to be a backup, how's he performed, let alone a starter? And he has played out of his mind the last two weeks in particular. And I couldn't agree with you more. I, I get so tired of people blaming their, or, you know, or putting all the, uh, should I say, the, all the, the, the credentials and all the love on, oh, it's a system. No, the guy's got the ball in his hand. He's got to make good, quick, accurate delivery with the football. I think it's incumbent upon a coaching staff, and they did this, and where they deserve credit, is put him in his comfort zone 
and allowed him to get confidence by early throws and getting him rolling. And I think that's part of what a good coach does for any quarterback. But I would agree with you. I, I, there, there, there can't have been a better performance from an opening snap to end a game since in the playoffs this, this year. Now, Ben put on a good show uh, last week, but still, the consistency, the accuracy, the placement of the football, the change of the launch point, the short, intermediate, and long passes, his decision on a couple times to, to sit in the pocket and not be forced out to where the one he hung in there and hung in there and hung in there and climbed a little bit and hit the, the, the deep ball down the field for the touchdown um, to a wide-open receiver on a broken coverage. He just, I thought he did everything well. And as far as what it's doing for him, if you're a franchise, first of all, if you're Philadelphia, you're saying, damn, we're coming off an injury to our quarterback. We don't want to let the guy get away. We felt like we upgraded, meaning if you're Philadelphia, Nick Foles for Chase Daniel, because Chase wouldn't have done what he did yesterday. he got a big, strong body who can throw it. Everybody thought the limitations on his physical skills running the football would limit them. I can tell you this, Carson, Carson Lynch did not play a better game the entire year as, as a possible MVP than Nick Foles did yesterday. Now, Lynch is your future. I love him. What this does is it heightens people's awareness to either get you paid bigger as a backup or allow people to say, would you take another chance on him as a starter, for instance, in the right system, if you were to run that? And it just heightens it. All it does is it extends an opportunity for people to rejudge him in the right way. And if he extends this through the Super Bowl, now we're looking at a whole new offseason can of worms. But I couldn't have been more proud of a guy who was – you know, people had set him up for failure after the Oakland game and the, and the uh, Dallas game, but he's responded with unbelievable pressure in the postseason and, and handled it so well. Chatting with our pal Sean Salisbury, check out the highly informative Sean Salisbury Show weekdays, SB Nation Radio, TV simulcast on BN Sports. I want to leverage one of the words you threw out there, upgrade, and shift over to Jacksonville. In fairness, Blake Bortles played well yesterday, but Sean, considering how transcendent this Jacksonville defense is, do you think it would be wise for the team to explore other options, maybe target a trade with the Chiefs to pick up Alex Smith or go after a free agent to upgrade the play at the quarterback position next year? I would. I, I try not to let a motion of, oh, you know, this, the loss wasn't just on Bortles. The loss got on the fact that they started to play, I mean, what they throw, three times on first down in the second half. They came out aggressive. They had, the, they had the Patriots on their heels, and then they did what a lot of teams do, try to shorten the game and get out of it before Brady touches the ball. And in the process, you end up giving him the ball more. So they backed off his aggressiveness. But, you know, against, against Pittsburgh, when you guys, if we look deep into it, he made about four throws in the third and fourth quarter. The, the, the fullback iso throw down the middle for the touchdown, the deep one to Cole. He did not have a good game for the first three quarters. He just kind of managed it and was around 50%. But when he's aggressive and they're throwing it, he seems to be a little bit more confident. And then I, I'm not putting a loss just on him yesterday. Hell, when Tom Brady's got the ball, the defense couldn't get off the field in the, you know, the last quarter, and, and those things happen, and you're playing against the, the best player we've ever had at the position. So that being said, I don't, think, I, I don't think that mechanically there's something missing from Blake Bortles' makeup. There just is in his DNA. Some got it, some don't. He, he's not, he's, Blake Bortles is never winning a Super Bowl. He'll never play on a better defense than he's playing on right now. He just He's not the guy you can turn the ball over to and say, go win me a game. He's the type of guy that if you're Doug Marone and, and Nathaniel Hackett and Tom Coffey, you say, let's get through this. Let's not forget now. And this is no disrespect on the guy. I respect anybody who goes through that and plays that position. He's better at it than I was. But mechanically, he's not overly sound. And you can't, you, you can't trust him most of the time under duress. 
And if you if you watch them and you're looking at the future of your franchise, you say, what are we missing? You're missing a guy that can now. If Alex Smith or Deshaun Watson or somebody or Kirk Cousins is the quarterback, they're better. That's the way you got to look at. Is Blake Bortles give us the best chance to get to the next level? Now you also got to look at the options. If I can get Alex Smith, is Alex Smith better than Bortles? Yes, he's more accurate. Now, does that mean you're going to win a Super Bowl with Alex Smith? Well, that's been proven so far, not yet. But to me, Blake Bortles is a guy that no matter where he goes, he can get you to a certain level. He's an eight and eight, nine and seven quarterback. That if that defense was average, they could very simply have won the division this year. And if Watson and Andrew Luck are healthy, and if Marcus Mariota takes a step back of the way the progress we saw two years ago, not this year, but two years ago, they could end up finishing in third place. They, they could be the worst offense in the division because of the quarterback. So, for me, decent player, not, not $20 million, $19 million worth. Either there's a ceiling on his game. Yes, if you want to win a championship, he's not the game, regardless of how he played a couple times. And You've got to look at the whole body of work. From the time he started in the league to now, you're not playing in February with Blake Bortles as your quarterback. You're just not. With the game being the way it is now, Sean, uh, how often do you really go to the blueprint of what you think a real quarterback is? Because for case, this is for this, just for this case, let's look at Mitchell Trubisky, 13 games. He comes yep. in as a second pick overall. He goes to Chicago. Look at Carson Wentz, FCS school coming from North Dakota State. No one believed that he could actually come in. Jared Goff. I mean, he comes out of a system where they never got in the huddle. Everything was from the center. He got everything from the sideline last year with Jeff Fisher. He looked like he didn't belong in the National Football League. Sean McVay comes in, make the kid look like a hero. Do you think Tom Coughlin would have Blake Bortles in that conversation? This is his first year of having an opportunity to be successful. Do you think that they, from a price standpoint as well, do you think they can continue to build around him to allow this, 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 uh, this life of, of understanding how to win to be something that could become contagious because of some the things that we know that Tom Coughlin can do as opposed to saying, let's bring in the Alex Smith. We've seen what Alex Smith can do. Or let's bring in the Eli Manning. Just hypothetical conversation. Right. Bring them right. in. And, and you know what? Because of their body of work, they've done better, but yet they still end up in the same exact place, just the AFC Championship game. Yeah. Here's the question with that, Cordell. I'm, I'm getting to the point where – you know, and, and you've seen it. You've been with good coaches and good teachers, and so have I. We've been with some that maybe not as good. Coaching matters. And anybody that doesn't see that hasn't watched Jared Goff and Carson Wentz's improvement and, then, and, 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 and watched what Keith Case Keenum and Nick Foles and Jared Goff have done out of that horrendous St. Louis Rams, Jeff Fisher's offense. I love Fish, but the offense, the, the, the teaching and coaching at that offense was horrible. And so it does matter. So, and then you look at Deshaun Watson, came from that offense, boom, gets proper coaching, comes in. There's that it factor, and it's overused. Right. But I don't know. You know what? I don't know if Alex Smith, if he went to the Patriots and Tom Brady retired, if they'd win a Super Bowl. There are certain guys that, and, and I guess what's your level of, I mean, what do we want? If you want Andy Dalton, you're going to say, to just get to the playoffs and we'll be good enough? Okay, cool. Or do you want a guy who, when I look at Blake Bortles, I see a guy who's physically gifted, whose mechanics, the, the, the way he drops the ball and wind up, got a little bit better this year than it did last year. But I don't. Then I, then I look at guys and say it doesn't really matter. Quarterbacks, it, I don't care if he's if he's if he's a twenty-five touchdown guy, Drew Brees. They're going to win. They, they find ways to win, and they find ways to make everybody around them better. My question for this: Jared Goff, will he make players? He made great quantum leaps. Can Tom Coughlin do that with Bortles? I'm not sure Tom Coughlin believes he can. Remember, in, in the third week of the season, 
they tried, I mean, the third preseason, they tried to bench Blake Bortles. Right. They tried to with, with Chad Henning. So do we, I mean, could did Tom Coughlin have an effect in building? But what else are they going to build around him? they got a full, a full-grown man at running back. Now, maybe Bortles' confidence grew in the postseason. You say, let's play this option out. Let's give him one more year at it and see if he grows with Fournette. We get all our young receivers healthy. We've got a Super Bowl-caliber defense and see where he goes from there. But to me, with my naked eye and watching every throw he's made, because he's on every, we watch every single game in our studio with nine monitors every single week, watch every throw he's made, and the makeup of him tells me that I don't, that I don't think he's a February player. Now, that being said, can it happen? Sure, I never say always or never because that, that, that gets you in trouble in life and in sports. But when I look around, do I think his may? I don't think he has the same makeup mentally and emotionally that Carson Wentz has. He just Carson he just Wentz played against of, he just played against Tom Brady. That's all. I mean, I mean, in all fairness, in all fairness, he really did play against him. Yeah, I mean, he beat everybody, right? Let's think about going back that's to 2003. Exactly. He's beaten what Ben Roethlisberger, Peyton Manning, uh, Peyton Manning. I mean, we could go on and on. Joe Flacco. The question is, when, when, the question is, when Brady's out of the league, can he beat Garoppolo? Can he beat Ben Roethlisberger? Right. Can he beat those guys with Blake? Oh, hey, I, I gain a lot of respect for the one thing I know about Blake Bortles is he's mentally tough because he's been kicked in the teeth as much as any quarterback not named Brock Osweiler in the league the last couple of years. <laughs> and we know but about that, don't we, Sean? <laughs> other, that's exactly right. So, but I can tell you this, and this is what they have to ask themselves. I don't get, hey, I'm just a guy with an opinion who watched him and, and, and who thinks he knows something about the position, but they have to decide, does Blake Bortles make players around him better? Will he take a six wide receiver and make him an eight? Will Leonard Fournette reach his fullest potential with Blake Bortles under center in the gun next to him? That's what you got to ask yourself. I personally, now you put Deshaun Watson on Jacksonville's team with his it factor, the, the Jacksonville Jaguars beat, they beat New England yesterday because yep. he'll just make more plays. So is it, do, do I think that Blake Bortles' career is over? Absolutely not. But if you're telling me right now, I'm going to be playing. If Tom, let, let's remove Brady from the equation. Do the Jacksonville Jaguars make it to the Super Bowl next year with Blake Bortles as their quarterback? They're not winning the division with Blake Bortles as their quarterback if everybody in that division's healthy, even with that defense. In my opinion, he's not taken to the Super Bowl. They're going to have to decide when, if not in the next six months or three months, than in the next year. But I'm willing to, if Tom Coughlin sees something that we don't, he's around him every day and says, let's give this guy one more go at it. But I think the body of work tells us there's a limit on where Blake Bortles emotionally and physically can take us. He's got, he looks great in the uniform, big, strong guy. But you know this, Cordell, I've seen a lot of those guys, there are six, five stiffs that can't play, and I've seen five, nine-and-a-half guys that can go win Super Bowls. So, to me, I don't care what system you come from now, what school you come from. You better be taught well, and you better have some. You better have balls of steel, and you better be able to make plays under duress. If you got that, and you're well coached, you got a chance to win. And do you make players better? I'm not sure Blake Bortles makes his receivers better. I know some guys that do, and number twelve in New England always has. And that's why he's the greatest of all time. Sean, as always, we appreciate the strong opinions. Keep it going on your radio show. It's a terrific listen, and we hope to say hello in person when we get to Radio Row in Minnesota. Can't wait. Appreciate it. Cordell, love you, brother. You've been listening to No Huddle with Brian Weber and former Steelers quarterback Cordell Slash Stewart live on the NFL on TuneIn. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. The National Football League is on TuneIn.